The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. You listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platform at The Officer Tatum. The Officer Tatum. Let's get right into this. Let's talk about the coronavirus, right? I'm telling y'all, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but something something just ain't right to me, right? I, I don't know why people are losing their minds. People are losing their minds. You're talking about a pandemic. Let me give you let me give you some stats real quick. The coronavirus cases around the world, 156,000 cases around the world, right? 5800 deaths. 75,000 of the 156,000 have recovered. So that's majority of the people who have been I would say diagnosed with the coronavirus have recovered. In the entire world, 5,800 people have lost their lives to the coronavirus, many of which are elderly people. In the United States of America, I think we're just over 50. Most of them are elderly people or people with pre-existing conditions. Now, let's look at history. The swine flu. I remember y'all, y'all remember the swine flu in 2008 led by the Obama administration they didn't do none of this. I don't remember them shutting down games. I don't remember them quarantining people. I don't remember any of this. And over a thousand people died before Obama ever called it a national emergency. The pandemic, and, and they considered the pandemic in 2009, totaled 18,000 people. 18,000 people. The Spanish flu, 50 million people. When you talk about other pandemics, it's, 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 it's troubling to me how we've gone to the extreme. Now, there's two reasons why. There's probably three, but I'm going to talk about two. The first reason I think that this is happening, or one of my um, hypotheses about how, why this is happening, I, bu- I honestly believe the politicians in the United States of America want to make this so deranged and crazy to hurt President Trump's reelection. I honestly believe so. They're doing all they can to create something ridiculous for the president. Now, the second theory that I have is that they're trying to prevent a pandemic or a situation like the swine flu where you have thousands of people dying, 20,000 people hospitalized, and they're, they're, they're making a reasonable effort to do so. So those are my two, two theories. Maybe both of those are happening at the same time. But I just don't understand how 50 people have lost their lives I think 40 of them have been in, it's a little over 50. I think it's 57 or something like that. A majority of them in in the state of Washington and nearly everybody has had pre-existing conditions or they're elderly. And we're shutting down arenas. We're shutting down people buying up toilet paper as if when you, if the epidemic hit, you're going to need toilet paper over food. We see all of this happen. There's more than 50 people that live on my street in a cul-de-sac. That's how many people have lost their lives to this, and we're going out of control. We're going crazy. I want to know from you guys what 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 do you guys think? You know, are, are you are you participating in the mass hysteria? Are you going about your everyday life? For me, this is my plan. Right, this is my plan. I feel like that it is necessary 
to be reasonable, right? Although I think that they've blown this out of proportion, it's necessary to be reasonable. Obviously, I come to work and I'm going to be on the radio. It doesn't matter. But you can be reasonable and avoid unnecessary um, contact with other people, right? There's no need for me to go to the grocery store and go out to some of these places and be in these compact areas. There's no real need for me to do that. So in a, in a reasonable sense, a person could avoid those interactions that they're not going to have. But for you just not to go to work, unless your job is making you do it, I, I don't think it's necessary. For people to sit in their house and be scared and terrified, I don't think it's necessary. I've had tons of people hit me up on social media and say they've had the coronavirus or their children had the coronavirus and they've recovered. And I just read the stats. Out of 156,000 cases, and I'm rounding it, 156,000 cases, 75,000 of them people have recovered. Majority of the people who have the coronavirus recover. Majority of the cases that people have, you know, I guess been diagnosed with, they're, they're very mild. Like 90% of them are mild conditions. There's a small percent of them that have serious conditions. So in a reasonable sense, if you are a normal, healthy person, you have really much, you have nothing to worry about. Um, you don't have much to worry about. Let me say not say nothing. You'd be the one to die. But you have very minimal to worry about. If you're a person who has an autoimmune disease or something like that, you have diabetes, you're a heavy smoker or something like that, you might you may want to consider being safer. But I, I just don't understand how this is just blown to this point. In 2018, 61,000 people died from the flu, from influenza. 45 million people got the flu in 2018, just as an example. And there's that number is consistent year in and year out. Why why don't we why don't we take this precaution for the flu? Do we do we not care that 61,000 people died from the flu? Now, I'm going to give one last number and then we're going to transition to some healthcare talk, but there is 350 million people in this country. 350 million people. And 57 people lose their lives from what we consider a pandemic and people are out of control, they're losing their minds. I just don't think it's I just I just think it's blown out of proportion. I think it's completely blown out of proportion. But I want some healthcare professionals, people in the valley that are listening. If you have additional information to 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 set the record straight, I would love for you to call in 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. I'm going to have to have you on hold through the next segment because I'm going to bring in one of my friends, um, Alan Lambert. Me and him used to ride bikes together, cycle all the time. But he's also a Canadian, and he's dealt with the Canadian healthcare system. He's dealt with the United States healthcare system. And in this big scare, people, that's all they're talking about. Single payer. We're going to talk about it. I want you guys to hear from an expert, a person that knows what he's talking about as it relates to the healthcare system, the difference between the U.S. and Canada. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. Make sure you stay tuned. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. 
<laughs> this song is funny. Anyway, let's get into this real quick. I'm going to take a caller uh, because I had the, the caller on hold, and then I'm going to get to my friend, um, Alan. We're going to talk about the healthcare system difference between Canada and the United States. We know a lot of people are hoping and praying, especially on the liberal side, Democratic side, that we transition to a healthcare like Canadian healthcare. But there's some things that you guys need to know. But let me take a caller real quick. Mary from Phoenix. Mary, welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. What do you got? Hi, thank you so much. First of all, I just wanted to say that I completely agree with your hypotheses. Awesome. As far as why this is going on. Uh, another thing is that I don't think that it's much. My family and I have talked about this, and you're right. Uh, people don't need to panic, but they are. And we even joke and say that it's the um, uh, the zombie apocalypse, only yeah. the people are living. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're going crazy with the toilet paper. But, I mean, you know, let's say the worst-case scenario, there is a quarantine. You can't eat toilet paper. Right, yeah. right. And, you can only uh, wipe. You're gonna wipe so much. I hope you got the good bounty ones. I guess because uh, you're gonna have a rough time. Exactly. I've been into the grocery stores, and you know things that are important. Like if you are quarantined and you get sick, your child gets a cold. What if the cough medicine is there? Things like that that you really would need. Um, and then one last thing, because I know you have to move on, is that. Um, they just, it's not so much the fear of the, um, for those of us that aren't, you know, that figure, well, we better be safe than sorry. It's not the fear of the virus. It's fear of the people, right, you know, right. for those who realize later, if, like I said, worst case scenario, there's a uh, quarantine for those who realize, hey, I'm going to be quarantined and I have no food. Let me go steal from my neighbor. Let me do this. Yeah. That yeah. Comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I. Not- I agree with you, Mary. I got to run. I got to get my brother Allen in. Hey, thank you so much for calling in. You have a great day. Thank you. I agree with her a thousand percent. The hysteria is probably worse than what's going on. Um, so Alan, Alan Lambert has has been my friend. I've known him for a couple of years now. Alan is a French-Canadian entrepreneur who, uh, over the past 33 years, have been involved in various industries, including defense and, sec- and security, telecommunication, and cycling. That's how we know each other, because we cycle together. So I can tell you for a fact, he, he's a tremendous cyclist. Um, between 2015 and 2018, he lived in the state of Arizona uh, with his wife and two younger children, where they had the pleasure of experiencing the U.S. healthcare system firsthand. So let me bring in Alan. We're going to talk about the healthcare system. Alan, welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, so I watched your PragerU video. So everybody out there, uh, Alan had a PragerU video about the. Um, the truth about the Canadian healthcare system. So I want you to talk to my listeners of what you believe is the stark difference, um, things that you need people to know about as it relates to the difference between the U.S. healthcare system versus the Canadian healthcare system. Yeah, so I guess the, the, the biggest uh, difference is that the it's the insurance part. The, in Canada, the insurance part is covered by the government and how does that get funded so it it gets funded through high taxes high sales taxes and if you look at at statistics there are a number of studies independent studies that are there and you look at the canadian healthcare system as a percentage of gdp 
for the OECD countries is the second most expensive one. Wow. And then you say, well, what do we get for our money? And and compared to those systems, it ranked last on a number of, uh, of items. So infant mortality per thousand life birth were the worst of all these countries that we're compared to, but we're the second largest in terms of access to uh, uh, physicians, we rank last in terms of wait list on a number of uh, items like MRIs, you know, we rank last or, or close to last. So, so you know, as explained in the video, there are many examples of this system that, you know, while people in the U.S. might think it's great and, and it's free, well, it's not free and it's not great. Yeah, so there's nothing, and we're listening to Alan Lambert. I mean, obviously he's an expert, lives in, or at least have uh, living arrangements in both the state, uh, both the United States and Canada. And and and, I, and you were talking about how people think things are free. Just because it says free doesn't mean it's free because they're going to charge you a tremendous amount of taxes. Now, the biggest thing that I that I took from your video that you made with PragerU is that people who actually need surgeries, people who actually need to have evaluations have to wait a longer period of time. Can you give me an example of something you've experienced or maybe a family member has experienced with the amount of wait times compared to the United States? Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you uh, a couple of statistics. One, one is anecdotal. And, and people, when they look at the, if you look at the comments on YouTube and Facebook about my uh, PragerU video. People say it's anecdotal. Well, as as you would know, uh, Brandon, uh, you've you've done a PragerU video. You've got 4.4 million views. I'm halfway through there. I'm at 2.2 million views. But if I look at the comments, people say it's anecdotal. The truth is, under your video, Brandon, and their mind, they're on the PragerU side. There's something called facts and sources, and people can actually look at the facts and the sources and our videos illustrate, you know, illustrative of, of what the, the scientific data really says. And um, so, so okay, so let's throw in one uh, anecdote of the people refer to that. So we moved back to Canada last year. Uh, while she was in the U.S., my daughter played, my youngest daughter, who was 19, she played basketball. She had multiple concussions. And in one of the uh, tests she did, they, they noticed a cyst on the back of her head. So we moved back to Canada. They wanted checked out. So the MRI wait time in Vancouver right now for that test to get an MRI is one year. One year? And one year, absolutely. And 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 if you look at the... The 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 studies, the median <clears throat> wait time to see a specialist, you know, so you go see your doctor and he notices that, you know, you might have, a, you know, a heart disease or, or, you know, you need to consult a specialist. The median wait time to see a specialist in Canada currently is 21 weeks. That That's that's out of control. I mean. Some of these things are immediate because you know how illnesses and sicknesses can progress. And you, before you know it, it's now from the spine down to, you know, your legs. And before you know it, stuff has spread. And they want you to wait a whole year before you can consult anybody to get further verification. I mean, that's that's out of control. I, I really want to know what's the major difference in taxes? Because well, two things. There's a tax problem. And then there's also a population difference. I mean, can you explain? 
can you speak to us about the difference in right. population and the taxes that they right. have to pay in Canada? Uh, right. So, uh, you know what? So that's a great question. And I, 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 I was on the Dennis Prager show this week and I, I gave the example because I, uh, you know, as soon as the video was produced and, and Dennis Prager uh, invited me to the show, I got prepared. So let's talk about the taxes, right? So I have, say, a middle-class person who lives in Arizona and the same person lives in Quebec. They each make $75,000 a year and they each have a mortgage for $400,000. The the tax, the sales tax rates in Arizona would be generally 5.6%. It's about 15% in Quebec. So if, every, if each of these uh, people pay uh, expense $2,250 a month in discretionary spending. So after income taxes and sell taxes, the person in Arizona would have $14,544 more in their bank account. Wow. wow. So, so when people say, well, it's free. Well, no, it's not free. Uh, it's one of the, the, the very, uh, you know, large expenditures by the federal government in Canada and the, and the provinces. And, and, you know, and it, the cost of that is reflected in the amount of taxes and sales taxes that Canadians have to pay. Now, that being said, they, so we pay way more in taxes, but what does that go Towards to in terms of healthcare, it goes to pay for hospitals and physician services. Yeah, Alan, I gotta, Everything. I gotta, I gotta put you on hold real quick. We gotta take a hard break. So, Alan, can you stay on the line? We're gonna come back and just finish that thought. Um, you're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. I'll be back in a second. Y'all hold the phone. Tatum show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You listen to the Brandon Tatum show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you missed the last segment, I was talking to my friend Alan. He's a French Canadian. He lives in Canada, back and forth between Canada and the United States. He's experienced the healthcare system in both areas. And we were talking about the differences and the misconceptions uh, between the Canadian healthcare system, United States healthcare system. We know that a lot of people on the liberal side, liberal spectrum, the Democrats, they want us to move to a single payer. But during our discussion, we spoke about how the wait times are completely out of control for many things. High taxes. Nothing is free. And we were we were finishing on. um the, the topic of the timing of recovery and stuff like that. And I'll have Alan come back on and finish it. And we're going to tell you guys where you can find Alan at. So Alan, welcome back to the Brandon Tatum show. Um, I want you to finish what you were talking about before. And then we're going to let the audience know where they can find you and follow you and also watch your video on PragerU. That's great. Thank you, Brandon. So we, yes, yeah, so before the break, we were talking about how, the same uh, individual, say middle-class individual living in Arizona versus Quebec, the, the individual in Arizona would have $14,544 more in their bank account at the end of the year. And and uh, the difference being a lot of the money being paid by the, the, the Quebec people or, and the Canadian, for, for that matter, is to pay for the uh, – part of it is to pay for the um, high cost of the Canadian health care system. 
But when we say what's covered, as I was saying, is in Canada, so we pay more taxes to cover for hospital and physician services. Everything else is just like in the U.S. It's either insured privately or it's out of pocket. So what does that mean? So dental, vision, nursing home, long-term care, pharmaceuticals. And, and yeah, I, was, I was actually just uh, uh, yesterday um, going to a CPAP clinic. I was thinking about changing my CPAP machine, and I realized uh, here are the prices, which is out of pocket, like in the U.S., although it might be covered in the U.S., is twice as much. Wow. So, um yeah, so so that that was the um, illustration of of uh, that last question you asked about the difference in, in in costs between Canada and the U.S. Yeah, so I think that we can come to the uh, conclusion, or based on what we talked about or spoke about, that it, there is a huge misconception that Canadian healthcare insurance is just leaps and bounds above the United States. Um, that is so much better, and we need to just change over. Although our their population is a third of what we have here in the United States, so Alan, tell my audience where they can find you, they can follow you, um, and also look at your, some of your material so they can get more information, more of an in-depth uh, perspective of right. this Canadian healthcare. Yes. So so I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook, alain.lambert.315. Uh, and and then I would say for, for your listeners, if they would like to find out more about the Canadian healthcare system is to go to the PragerU channel on YouTube and read some of the 5,000 comments about uh, a lot of them from Canadians and Europeans, right? So a lot of uh, Americans think that the uh, Nordic countries have the greatest system, Denmark, Sweden, Finland. So you'll see a lot of comments from from those systems. And and go to PragerU video to to look at at the video. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. We have to get on another ride. Maybe we can do Mount Lemon when I lose a little more weight. <laughs> well, I want, I want, I want to say, uh, uh, Brandon, the conclusion: you were a great policeman in in Tucson, and uh, and we are very strong cyclists. And I, I wish to congratulate you on your all your successes. And uh, if we don't do uh, Mount Lemon, certainly we'll do the loop. Yo, yeah. <laughs> all right, Alan. I appreciate you, man. God bless you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I love riding bikes, man. I mean, that's my favorite pastime. I actually love riding bikes more than I do uh, playing football, and I was a collegiate football player. Um, we, was, we used to ride, you know, 150, 200 miles a week. Um, Alan and them were obviously much better cyclists than me because I probably outweighed them by 100 pounds, so I was a little heavy. <laughs> so, But anyway, let's, let's, get, let's get to the coronavirus, too, thing, because I know it's, it's the talk of the century. Uh, people are just talking about it. Everybody's concerned about it. Uh, CNN is lying about it. I just saw. I just I'm, while I'm talking, while Alan was talking, I see a, a thing that popped on CNN that said Donald Trump hoaxed to national emergency. Donald Trump never called the coronavirus a hoax. He called the outrage from the Democratic Party a hoax. They were making. They were going drastic and saying the president didn't do what he's supposed to do. Now let me let me tell you this. Look at our country and look at some of these other countries, and you tell me who did what. Donald Trump initiated the travel ban very early on. We have most cases in one state in in the United States of America, and and, and he didn't do what he's supposed to do. Called it a national emergency. Let me me show you all the difference real quick. And while I'm talking, I want you to call in 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. If you want to discuss the coronavirus, if you're a medical professional and you have something to add, uh, please jump on. But 
Barack Obama with the swine flu, a, a, a thousand people died before he ever called it a national emergency. And he's talking about over a month worth of time before he even made a decision. And Trump, within two days of it being a pandemic, that he made the decision to call it a national emergency, sign executive power to, to give funding, bipartisan effort. And they say the man ain't doing what's right. Come on, man. Our country is doing very well compared to Italy, doing very well compared to China. And it's their fault. And they lied about it. I think this information needs to be said because a lot of people may not know this because if you look at fake news, they're not going to tell you the truth. China lied about the first case of the coronavirus back in November was their first case. Now, all you have to do is use common sense for a few seconds. If they had the first case of the coronavirus in November, you, you can guarantee money back that it already hit the United States and it already been around the world by January, by February. And so they are making this seem like this is such a instantaneous outbreak. People in this country have already probably had the coronavirus and recovered from it. But the reason we didn't know, because we didn't know it had been a pandemic. We didn't know because we haven't tested anybody. A lot of medical professionals have called me or at least send me a message on the social media saying that we don't even have we don't we haven't even tested these people. If you have if you've gotten sick and they test you for influenza and you don't have influenza, they automatically say you have the coronavirus. So some of these people that they're claiming have the coronavirus probably don't even have a coronavirus in the state of Arizona. I'm going I'm to keep this local. In the state of Arizona, we have 12 cases of the coronavirus. Zero people have died. Glory to God. And I hope that it remains that way. 12 cases. I want you, I want you guys to realize this. I'm going to have to – I have a caller calling in. I'm going to have to bring him into the next segment because we, we're running out of time. So, uh, Rachel, stay on the line. I'll bring you in in our last segment. But we 12 people have the coronavirus confirmed in Phoenix, Arizona. There's more than 12 people in this studio right now. Come on, man. I want y'all to be realistic and, and understand that you shouldn't be altering your life tremendously. And like one of my all other callers said, the, the hysteria is probably more dangerous than the actual virus at this point. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. Make sure you stay tuned. Catch me after the break. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. The Brandon Tatum show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum show. Feeling a little rock and roll tonight. My show is every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you missed the whole show, catch me next week. We got our last segment here. I'm going to bring in a couple callers. Call in 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. I want you to call in, weigh in about the coronavirus. Make it quick. I want you to get a minute to talk so everybody else can talk. But I want you guys to weigh in. I personally feel like people are just blowing this out of proportion. I think some of it is led by political agendas. I think that the president, they want the president to look bad. They want the economy to crash. And that's the reason why they're acting out of control when they didn't do none of this during the swine flu when Barack Obama was the president. Uh, we got Rachel from Santan Valley. Rachel, welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. What you got? Um, so 
I totally agree with you, actually. I think that the media, I think there's a lot of panic out there, and it's altering, altering how people see this. So let's just you know, bring it down to the bare bones that has no bias, which is science. Science says that this lives for two weeks without showing any symptoms. So what can we possibly be screening for? We have no idea who has it and the one who doesn't. It can live in the air for up to three hours. That's, it's highly contagious. I mean, if you look at the fact that, that those things just by themselves, that right there is a reason to be concerned but not panic, but take co- like common sense precautions. Yes. Stay inside. If you can work from home, do so. I'm, I personally am a dental hygienist. <laughs> I am telling you right now, I am not panicking. I am not buying toilet paper. I am not going crazy. <laughs> Good for you. But I am, I am preparing for what is to come because I had three degrees in science. And it's telling me that this is not the first, this is the first wave, but this is not the end of it. And we also have to be prepared. And if we think about it as a society, not as a right, not as a left, as a society of humans that need to get through this with the least amount of casualties, we should come together and find a way to one test as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. doesn't matter cost, doesn't matter anything else because we're talking about lives. And then from there, get a game plan and how we can absolutely quarantine and move through this. There is a way to do it. Right now, we are feeling our way to the dark. You have to understand everything is changing on a daily basis. We don't know if this disease is going to be warm uh, weather uh, uh, survival. So in the summer months, you know, a lot of times flus will die out. There are summer flus. Is it going to mutate? The flu of 1918 did do that. In its second wave, it mutated, which was the fatalist time for that flu. We don't know what it's going to do, so we have to take precautions now, and we have to err on the side of caution, because later on, we don't want to look back and regret that we didn't do everything possible. I agree with you. That does not mean panic. That does not mean panic. That means keep a level head. The people you want in your back on your back with you in the front lines are people that keep a calm head and make logical decisions. So follow science, follow the CDC, follow guidelines. Do not listen to radio and media and political agendas. Put it aside and say, what do I need to know? I need to wash my hands. I need to follow proper precautions. I need to stop doing elective things. That means going out to um, lots of places, lots of people's elective procedures. All these things put aside right now and just hunker down and stay safe. And in two weeks, you'll be fine. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate you coming on the Brandon Tatum Show. Thanks for the insight. I agree with you a thousand percent on most of what you said. Um, I think people should be rational. You know, there's no need to panic. Panic causes other people to panic and then everybody's panicking. And then we out of resources and everybody's in a in a frenzy. It, It shouldn't be that way. Use common sense. Use factual common sense. Look at what has happened. Look at the death toll that has occurred. And stop looking at other people's states when you have our own state. We have 12 people out of millions of people that live in this state. Be precautious, but don't panic. Let's see. Next caller, Johnny from Tempe. Johnny, welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. Hey, uh, Brandon, thank you very much. Uh, it's my first time on the show. Been uh, listening for um, for a few months now. Awesome. Uh, I, I drive Uber, so I, I try to catch your show as, as often as I can and, and say 80, 90 percent of the time I do. Um, I like your realism. I like you're very much a man of the people, and I respect what you do, and I hope you keep doing it. And uh, I will be checking out uh, that YouTube video you were talking about with uh, Canadian and American healthcare care uh, comparisons. Uh, what was the, the name of it again? 
I, I believe it is. I got to figure out the thing. But if you go, you go to Prager U, Prager U on Prager YouTube. U. It's okay. like the truth about Canadian healthcare or something like that. It's something right. around there. It's one of their latest yeah. videos, so it should be right at the yeah. top. I'll, I'll share that on social media for sure. Yeah, man. So here's what I think. I mean, I got probably ten theories. I'm just going to give you two quick ones to just break it down. I think if this continues to escalate, they might use this as a scapegoat for a global reset. They want to get rid of the debt. They want a cashless society. We've already got the microchip in our phone and our, and our debit cards, but they want full control of everything. Yeah. They could use something like this as a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. What's the next one? Next one would be that, uh, well, the, the, the coincidental t- timing of the election and the Chinese New Year, and the, it just... It doesn't settle in my spirit, right? Yeah. You know, I've always had strong intuition. And, um, you know, when 9-11 happened, I knew there was so much more that we weren't seeing. Yeah. I was when it, just I'm not a, I'm not a physics major. But when I saw those buildings fall, I was like, that didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That does not make sense at all. But but I think there's something we're not seeing. I think there's something bigger. And, and, and maybe they know maybe it's worse than it is. Or maybe they're just lying and, and they're just going along with the media because, you know, the media and the government are in bed together. All due respect. I know there's good people in the government, but let's face it. They all work for the same master. Yep. With all due respect. You I, know? Agree, I agree with you, man. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks you for coming on. I appreciate it. Johnny from Tempe. Make sure you come on next Thank time. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with him a thousand percent. I got a few more minutes. I'm going to bring in two more callers. We, we're going to try to make it quick so we can beat the time. Uh, so I'm not going to run my mouth too much. Uh, Michael from Glendale. Welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. What do you got? Thanks for having me on. You know, I just think this whole thing's crazy. I mean, I work for a company that sells propane and it was so crazy today. I pumped 239 gallons in two hours. Wow. That's how crazy this is getting. And, you know, it's like I told people <clears throat> that I would like to see the media put the numbers out there for the flu, for the pneumonia, and for this coronavirus. Right. If they actually put the true numbers out there, if people look online, they'll see globally only 7% of 100 people, 100% of the people have died from this. Right. 93% of the people have recover from it and you know anybody that bashes trump and the administration for what they're doing my one thing would be to them is can you do a better job i mean he's doing the best he can it doesn't matter who's in office it's a new virus that nobody's seen before they're i mean these tests that are available to other countries how do we know they're accurately truly right <laughs> um testing these people accurately to where they're not false tests saying these people have it when they may not even have it right at least here in the country we're at least making sure we're testing people truly and accurately yeah 100 percent. michael thank you so much for coming on the show i have uh one more call i'll try to squeeze them in i just want to give you all the statistics because this is what michael was talking about all you have to do is go on to the the internet and look it up this is an official site where it says the coronavirus cases were 156,444 people um 75,799 people recovered that's 93 percent of the people are around that the people that have an outcome they've recovered and a small percentage of people, about 7%, had a death rate, and majority of those people are elderly. I have about two minutes left, probably less than two minutes. Um, Hugh from Phoenix, I got two minutes. What do you got? Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I deliver groceries 
And I don't know if these people have gone bat crazy or what, but I was just a, I was just at a store, one of the stores that I delivered to, and we're bringing in more toilet paper and more water than I have ever seen in my entire life. And people are actually fighting over toilet yeah. paper. They take cases of toilet paper. What you know? I don't know if the government's trying to get everybody all all wound up and everything, or you know, with all of this false information and everything going on. I th- honestly, I thought that people had better common sense than this. Oh, no. If you just sit down and, and look at the the statistics of all of this, I'm 62 years old. I remember all these other you know sicknesses and flus and everything else that happened this just it seems like everybody's been brainwashed to panic over the littlest thing anymore yeah thank so. you thank you Hugh, for coming on i appreciate you i gotta run uh i just want to say this real quick for all the people that are listening go on do your research if the if the media wanted to be honest and wanted to tell you the truth they would show every single virus that have occurred in the last century half century They'll let you know the statistics, and this is what they would do. They will show the ages of the people who have lost their lives in the coronavirus here in the United States. They will show their ages if they really cared, but they don't. They want you to be crazy. They want you to go wacko over this stuff. I think you should be cognizant of the reality of it. Take precaution where precaution is necessary, but quit flipping out, okay? There's people that still need toilet paper, and you didn't took it all. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. My show is every Saturday at 6 p.m. on I'm going to say on Saturday again. But I love you guys, man. I'll see you on the next one. I'll talk to you. I'm out. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM.